Welcome to episode 75 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and none more black guys. The movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I am Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of Five Minutes of Mime.com. And. <laughs> <laughs> And returning uh, with us once again is our special guest, artist, and illustrator, Ben Walker Story. Hello. Hello. Welcome back, Ben. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks. Glad to have you with us again for Minute 75. And Minute 75 of the movie This Is Spinal Tap is another serious one. We begin with, let's see. Uh, we begin with, well, pretty much where we started Minute 74, where David is still kind of annoyed at the reappearance of Nigel. We end with Nigel uh, wishing David a good performance as he walks out on stage. And in between, um, well, a lot of uncomfortable silence, a lot yeah. of tension, and uh, just a couple words of dialogue. Yes. Yeah, and a, a little, yeah, David is just verklempt, and <laughs> Nigel's almost without any, you know, facial expression at all. And then Janine, she's got her, you know, this kind of reminds me of her outfit with the scarf around her neck as like her own vi- version of the end of Greece. Mm-hmm. Where <laughs> you know there was a Olivia Newton-John reference yeah. in the movie, right? Was there? Yeah, um, when Ian, the manager, quits, he doesn't he call her an, <laughs> oh, an Australian nightmare. nightmare. Oh my god, it's all coming together now. That, that was clearly like she's trying to be Olivia Newton-John. Oh my god, I did not put that well, together. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, with this little, you know, little uh, satiny, silky kerchief, and then her her sexy, you know, onesie jumpsuit thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking like a, yeah, kind of a colorful, definitely an Australian's nightmare version of <laughs> the end of Greece. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then I think just, you know, we don't need to go all back really into the Janine territory, but... Um, and, and, and I do, I am still kind of fascinated with Viv's outfit here. He's got like this weird silvery vest on, and this time he's wearing it over like check a checkered shirt. So that's different than the last time, but it's, hmm. I don't know, it's weird. Oh, okay. I didn't know because it's the same color. It's red. Yeah, it's the same colors. It's red and black, but now it's checkered instead of striped. I was going to say Viv's wearing the same thing that he was wearing in Stockton, but you're right. It's a different shirt, but it's the same. <laughs> I don't know. It's the same like 50 sci-fi alien metal reflective vest. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just a trippy little thing he's wearing. Maybe we can, we can uh, call David Caffinetti and see what that outfit was all about. Mm-hmm. It looks like a real homemade jobber. I know, Ben, you were talking about Chill's fan club and sort of how what it was inspired from. And this kind of reminds me of something that like a kid would, you know, put together that would be kind of like monster movie slash sci-fi, kind of a homemade version of something maybe they saw 
Yeah, you know? and I think it brings up the point that Spinal Tap came out in what eighty four. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you gotta like cast your minds back if you're were around those days, or if you if you don't, if you're too young, you don't. I don't think totally realized that heavy metal back then was scary. You know, it was it was scary at least to the parents. Like there was all these bands being dragged into court because parents and and uh, legislators thought that stuff was being hidden backwards in these records right. and influence kids to kill themselves. And they thought they really like. I would have to be dragged to church often back then, and these pastors and special they'd bring in like special guest speakers to tell parents which bands were satanic oh my god (laughs) you know and it's like what is the criteria for being satanic what makes you a satanic band you weren't allowed to ask that but like they were just saying you know well you know duran duran is a satanic band because they have these symbols like in the graphics on their cover and it's like this is crazy talk like but they were scared. They were scared of foreigner, you know. And then this, <laughs> this this movie comes out and deflates it all, you know. Like I think the young people and the metalheads they wanted to be scared and weirding out the grownups, you know. They wanted to be seen sure, as scary, sure. and they were enjoying that and they were living in that and getting used to it. And then all of a sudden, this movie comes out and deflates all that. Like, yeah, we get what you guys are up to. We see what you, you know, what you're doing and that you're fallible just like everybody else and. That's why it's such like an amazing classic movie and it's never going to get old. Yeah, it's so funny you bring that up because I remember that very specifically from living in um, Grass Valley. And I was, you know, when I was 15, 14, 15, I was starting to listen to, well, my favorite band was The Police. And I had that like police rocker mullet that I haven't talked about in a while, mm-hmm. but <laughs> and my police t-shirts and... um um, I was starting to kind of cultivate my young, you know, weirdo look and um, starting to kind of feel my feel my identity. And I had a friend who her family was very sweet and they I would spend the night at their place and we'd go to church on Sunday. And my family wasn't religious um, at all, but I liked spending the night and going to church with them. And it was really fun. So they were very religious but they were this like rock and roll couple. They were this couple who the her parents, they rode a motorcycle and kind of she kind of wore sort of like sexy clothes and he kind of had like a rock and roll sort of a look and they both looked, you know, she kind of had a Janine haircut and stuff. So they had they had rock albums around and um were kind of a hip Christian parents. Mm-hmm. And she was one of my best friends. And then this one of those people came to town that you're talking about and came to their church and did this whole presentation on backmasking and on rock and roll being satanic and all this evil stuff happening. And, you know, that this is going to, they, they had chick tracts and really believed the chick tracts. Let's just put it that way. And um, after they went to this, they gave away all of their records, which I thought, uh, why would you take them to the thrift store if you think they're evil? Why don't you like destroy them? Yeah, so already I thought they were yeah. stupid. <laughs> and then they cut me out of their life. They no longer let me hang out with their daughter oh, because wow. I 
wore a police t-shirt and had a rocker mullet and it was devastating you know it was horrible that's awesome so ben you're breaking up dramas no it was (laughs) it was really it was really tragic it's a very familiar story i have those kind of stories and my wife amanda seriously went through that with her own mom being Mm. going through that same thing and she had gone through all the religions uh at one point, you know, it's an easy answer when you're feeling like guilty about stuff and you know you're messing up. You can like take this quick pill of, oh, I'll just throw away my old life and and take this pill of, you know, subscribing to this uh, dogma or whatever. And kind of folks with soft heads fall for it a lot or that are yeah. have, have trauma and problems. Yeah, when it's when it's um something that I feel you know, I don't want to get too serious here, you know, but I feel like the worst thing about that kind of a thing that, you know, that we're describing is that you're not, you don't have your own, or I felt like these people were proving to me they didn't have their own moral compass, that they were letting somebody else tell them what their morality was. And, and, you know, because if they knew me, and they, I would go over there many weekends and hung out and was a good kid. And, you know, yeah, I didn't smoke the marijuana cigarettes. It was years from me going to see <laughs> the Beastie yeah. Boys on acid. Um, I was a real good kid. And, uh, and I wasn't like trouble. You know mm. what I mean? And um, so yeah, I think that's one thing that really bummed me out was like, these people are letting some jerk come in and and tell them something and and they're going to believe that over their own center you know like we have the answers within us we know what's right and what's wrong and so it's it's a real drag when you know you start to see the sides of adults where they're acting in a way that you think like oh adults act like this mm-hmm. adults yeah. can like be real jerks <laughs> like this and uh it's, it was a wake up call man junior high was i was glad i had things like this movie because it's good to have stuff to help you get perspective sometimes too much fucking perspective on yeah. how people are um that you think you're you know gonna trust and yeah that was gnarly yeah and the the thing that makes it all come crumbling down for these people is that they they can't handle questions you know and yeah. even if it's a question from a child like if you are so positive that you're going to devote your life to these ideas and beliefs you should be able to handle a couple questions from children you know, and so they'd be listing these bands that stay away, don't make sure your kids don't listen to this one and stay away from that one. And they had this whole list of bands. And I would like raise my hand and be like, Duran Duran? Like, what do you mean? Well, how is it? Duran Duran is satanic? And this old woman sitting like in front of me kind of turns around and goes, Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> I was like, You've never even heard of them. What are you talking about? You don't know. <laughs> yeah well, they, they, they is... might be right on that one <laughs> uh, let's let's not rush to judgment but yeah the I, yeah i remember that that movement throughout the 80s and it was so ridiculous just i mean some of the concepts the idea that there's yeah the backward masking that there's hidden messages if you play the record backwards and that that's going to affect what people do but then the the bands they picked out, like you you know, you mentioned, you know, something like Duran Duran, but even something like Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne that they went after. Mm-hmm. 
Black Sabbath is like one of the most hippie bands I know. And I'm 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 not a huge fan, but I would say I'm a fan of Black Sabbath. But if you listen to like the heavy guitars and stuff, but if you listen to the lyrics, uh-huh. like when they sing about war, it's all anti-war. You know, War War Pigs is is a peace song. Could you imagine and, these people sitting down and listening to that though and like really objectively taking it in? They're just looking yeah. at the covers and like being like, nope, nope. Well, yeah. They're, right. Yeah, they're just looking at the cover. And and I think Ozzy got sued actually over Suicide Solution. Like, you know, some angsty teenager killed themselves, which is which is awful and I'm sure very painful for the family. But to blame, blame Ozzy Osbourne when, you know, Suicide Solution, it's, you know, just to give you an idea of like what level the different parties here are operating on, it's solution as in like a liquid. It's not solution like suicide's the answer. It's uh-huh. it's a song about alcohol and it's an anti-alcohol. It's an anti-drug song saying, you know, alcohol is a solution. You know, it's it's a liquid mixture that will kill you. Yeah. So it's it's true. you know what they you know what these people said they believed in. Well, that's all the stuff that Ozzy was singing about. Ozzy was singing anti-drug peace songs. That you would think, you know, religious people would be in for. But yeah, they just kind of judged, you know, judged it by the by the cover and the appearance. And it seemed scary and they didn't understand it. You know what band my uh, youth pastors were listening to and hated above all of them? Like they were just warning us, do not listen to. You want to guess? <clears throat> Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> Because it was so insidious. You know, there weren't people barking at the moon with jelly in their mouths on the covers. It was <laughs> it could it could seep in and, and parents would buy a Huey Lewis in the news record for their kid, no problem. And that's what made them so horrible because he goes you know that song Power of Love, remember from uh, Back to the Future? Yeah, sure, uh, sure. That's probably one of you guys' podcasts, right? Back to the Future. Movie. Oh yeah, it oh, certainly is yeah. one of the most popular ones. But uh, so one one of the most insidious podcasts. So it, yeah, but he was, it really creeps in there. So this guy goes, I was like, "What's wrong with Huey Lewis in the news?" It's so like you know mundane, and he goes, "Stronger and harder than a bad girl's dream." Oh my god! And I was like, Jesus Christ, man! I'm like sixteen. I'm like sixteen. I wasn't thinking about it that way. Thank you for that. Yeah, but now that you mention it, yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and the back masking stuff was ridiculous too because they'd say, you know, oh, this song, if you play it backwards, it says, "Decide to smoke marijuana." Yeah. Decide to wait, smoke wait. marijuana. I know, I know it's song. Was that, was that Queen? I forget. Bom, I just bom. Another one bites the dust, right? You play another one oh. bites the dust. It's all bomb, bomb. Smoke marijuana. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, you know, it's. It, uh, I like talking about this stuff because it is giving context for what era, what and kind so, of crazy stuff was happening at this time. You know, if you're you know younger and you can't picture this, you you got to think of like how your parents might feel still with you know gangster rap's been around for a while, but that's that's still something that a lot of parents are like nervous because you know they're singing about guns and this lifestyle of selling drugs and and, and violence and everything, but. 
for the most part, telling stories. And it's like a Johnny Cash song. You know, they're just mostly playing characters and telling right. stories that are kind of yeah. scary on purpose. Which reminds me, have you guys talked about um, fear of a black hat at all on the show? Actually, that's never really come up, I don't think. No, I, I do think we, we – I think we talked a, very briefly about CB4, but I don't think we've talked about fear of a black hat. Fear of a black hat, if you watch it, it's a shot-for-shot takeoff, ripoff, whatever you want to call it, of Spinal Tap. It's the same story, but they're they're like early '90s gangster rappers, right? But the the trouble with the movie is they have the exact same situations that are. What would you call? What would you call it when they the type of situation where they show up and it's a puppet show and Spinal Tap, right? It's, it's deflate. It's deflating, right? Right, yeah. right. Humili- yeah. They have these humiliating, humiliating situations, but then they get mad and the band beats up the promoter or beats up the you know the people running the club. So it's like, uh, it's not really funny anymore because they just like beat everybody up. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing it once, but it didn't really stick. So maybe that's why I don't really remember the details of it. So yeah, it, it, it's amusing, but I don't think I don't think anyone's going to be covering it minute by minute anytime soon. Right. <laughs> not uh, not fear for black hat, but so uh, so speaking of you know movies and. And other musical films. One one in question, Ben, that we uh, we occasionally ask our guests when I remember to ask is uh, so. Spinal Tap is a a documentary, a rockumentary, if you will. Uh, are there any other musical films, rockumentaries, uh, concert films that you'd recommend for our our audience? Yes. Now the thing is, I haven't. I, I think about this movie sometimes as like just being a life changer for me, but I haven't bothered to look it up since the internet age began, mm-hmm. you know, and like YouTube. Mm-hmm. I don't know how findable it is, but when I was like 17, I went to the video store. My favorite thing would be to like go get some Taco Bell, go to the video store and pick out something for, to watch alone, you know, and uh, not just adult movies either. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. (laughs) So, so I pick up this VHS and it's called the Prince's Trust Rock Gala. Have you ever heard of that? That sounds vaguely familiar, but no, please tell us more. I picked it up because it was like Prince, Prince Charles apparently would host these yearly concerts that would promote whoever is popular in music, mostly in basically in Britain. Um, and so I picked it up because I'm like, ooh, you know, Jethro Tull is going to, you know, have a live song on here. And, oh, look, Phil Collins does something live. And that was like, you know, VHS, you know, footage of people that you like playing live was pretty hard to find back then. Yeah. Compared to now where you just bring it up on YouTube. So I'm like, ooh, yeah, Jethro Tull, Phil Collins. So I take this tape home and I put it in. And the, the credits start to roll, and this music starts up. First song, it's all M-A-D-N-E-S-S. And this music starts up, and I was like, what is wow. this? <laughs> and these, these guys, are there's like 12 guys on stage, and yeah. they're all wearing like matching cool like Reservoir Dog suits. Yeah. And they're like, skinny they ties. Have, and- yeah. Yeah. And they've got the um, uh, newsboy caps. They're all black mm-hmm. newsboy caps. 
And at one point, they all turn their heads to look down, and their heads all spell out madness. And I was like, my head just like exploded, you know. And then like just rains everywhere. The, the saxophone guy like didn't match. He was wearing like a Gary Glitter like spaceman outfit with giant nice. with giant shoulders, and he does his solo and gets launched up by wires, and he's flying over the audience on wires. You know, it just like blew my mind because. I had never heard music like this. If you're not familiar with early madness, it, it was basically ska. And it yeah. took me a couple a couple decades to realize that all these early madness songs were just covers of Jamaican dudes. Uh, sure. Yeah, Prince Buster and, and those kind of guys. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, But you've heard, you know, Our House in the Middle of the Street. You know, most people have heard that on the soft yeah. rock or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but, but back then when I was 17, I was just familiar with like seventies classic rock and Led Zeppelin and the stuff to be played on the bone or whatever. Right. And that was my safe music as a nerd because I didn't want to like hang out with the punk dudes and I was kind of intimidated by them and they were kind of rough and probably on drugs and stuff. And I, you know, I don't know, I'm making assumptions, but I was intimidated by that crowd. I think they're the kind of guys who were going out and trying to beat up skinheads and stuff. So I wasn't going to hang out with the goths or the, or the punks or whatever, but all of a sudden there was this like whole world, you know, of what is this? And so I had to go into a record shop and be like, have you heard of madness? And where do I get that? And they're like, it's in, it's in ska. So I had to go figure out what ska was, you know, and then that kind of yeah. led into like, they might be giants and, and REM and just like finding all these other bands that are more akin to folks like me, you know? Right. So it was like the, back then, I think they would call it college rock or, you right. know, like the early version of what alternative meant, you know, now alternative, I don't even yeah. know what, <laughs> but back then, yeah, it was like college rock or stuff that has a little bit more new wave or rhythmic or a little bit more poppy, but not punk, but so many awesome, exactly. fantastic bands. It reminds yeah. me of when I was at Lollapalooza. Uh, and it yes. was the one with it was the one with Primus and Front Two Four Two and uh, oh, cool. uh, Fishbone and uh, I was waiting in line for a snack and these other college kind of guys ahead of me I didn't know them but they one over one leans over to the other and he goes remember you two and I I just I knew I, <laughs> I I feel like I clued into exactly what he meant. He meant like, remember when listening to you too was enough to like, yeah. you were like a, you were like a crazy outcast weirdo in a trench totally. coat. You were like some trench coat weirdo <laughs> if you listened to you too. <laughs> and now it's like, that doesn't, that didn't mean enough. You know, you got to listen to Nine Inch Nails and, and Fishbone and uh, right. Rage Against the Machine and all this stuff that was popular. You got yeah. to amp it up. Yeah, we actually, uh, when when Skinner was on, we talked about Lollapalooza, and I, I was like, I think, you know, remember, Sean, I was like, yeah. I think I was at the first Lollapalooza, and I think, and I was trying to remember who was there, and yeah, it was a lot of those guys, and we looked it up, um, you know, on Wikipedia while we, were, while we were recording, and it was a total flood of memories of seeing shows like that, especially where it was so many different people, you know, and body count, and just all these random 
bands and yeah and i do remember that and i love that you brought up the trench coat too because (laughs) i think it'd be fun maybe i don't know if you'd be willing anybody either of you but i'd be willing to to uh share some of my old photos that my dad took you know he he was pretty good once he got over me having these haircuts i mean my dad is an artist and a photographer so he's pretty forgiving but i do remember him being kind of traumatized when i got my head shaved oh, but wow. there's some <laughs> there's some good photos he took of he and my brother of me and my brother with our trench coats and our <laughs> and our little tiny pins and our bleached out hair and our bleached out 501s with the rolled cuffs and oh my God. all that stuff so i have i have a trench coat story I also have a, another waiting in line at a concert story with my mom. So I don't know if we have time for all of them, but you guys can. Sure. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll make time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Trench coat story. I, sure. Late on us. I hung, I hung out with like, they all were Mormons in my school. All the kind of weird, weird um, trench coat kids all ended up being Mormons. But I was just a, a dude uh, who also liked to wear a trench coat. And we all would, you know, read batman dark knight and obsess over comics and and uh saturday night live and we're just dorks but um we started obsessing about batman and so we all would dress like like batman and this was right before any rumblings of the tim burton movie coming out Mm -hmm. it was like a year before but i think it was just close enough to where people at like department stores were starting to you know sell batman t-shirts uh-huh so i had enough of a, like a rotation to wear a different like batman logo t-shirt every day and the trench coat was like my cape you know just wear the trench coat right. with it. And, <laughs> uh, and then i had like the the boots were like the nxs boots yes remember the nxs <laughs> boots with all the straps and the spurs yes, and stuff the i had all oh. the buckles and the spurs and i i didn't get my ass kicked every day so i considered myself basically batman and one morning before dawn, I wake up to my crazy uncle Dan's voice and he lived like two hours away, but he was in our living room talking to my mom. I have to lower my voice because my mom's like in the other room. Uh, but um, he had driven in the middle of the night to talk to my mom and he was telling her that he was the real Batman and that he was at a NA meeting and Michael Keaton showed up at the meeting to re- to meet the real Batman. And he was telling her about how he was going to, he can like swing off the rafters and prove it. And she's like, no, don't swing off the rafters. And so he was going through like a little bit of an episode mm. and uh, you know, he's always kind of struggled with issues, but you know, me being a narcissistic little douche, you know, teenager, I'm like, no, I'm the real Batman. <laughs> So, so I got up like every other day in my Batman outfit and walked out wearing the trench coat and the Batman logo t-shirt and the boots and everything into the living room with uh, Uncle Dan and, and my mom, who was trying to talk about anything but Batman at that point. So I wasn't helping. But that was my trench coat story. <laughs> That's great. I love it. You know, like when we're that young, we're trying to kind of try on all these identities, they can really help you kind of bolster yourself through those awkward years, you know, sort of latch on to something. And and then uh, shout out to Batman Minute, or what are they called? Batman 
90 or what when did that one come out there batman 89 batman 89 89 minute yeah i think they launched their teaser episode and they're going to be putting their stuff out soon so we'll be able to listen to batman 89 minute soon there's always a minute minute podcast to go with every one of our (laughs) childhood stories yeah maybe there could be like a 60 minutes minute you know, <laughs> just talk about what Andy Rooney was complaining about. Or <laughs> that's a good idea. Uh, so, yeah. Anything else? Did you want to tell another story, or should we wrap it up? I'm good either way, Ben. Well, my last story is very short. Cool. Perfect. My mom. My mom took me to uh, another concert when I was probably like eleven, ten, eleven, uh, and it was like a folk singer. It was like a Christian folk singer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not really enjoying the concert, but I was sort of picturing like, wouldn't it be cool if this guy like sang a song about me? And so <laughs> the only thing I could, <laughs> I couldn't really think of anything spectacular because like all I could do back then that would set me apart from the crowd was like I could cut my hands together like uh, and do like a praying hands configuration and go. You know, so I didn't I didn't have a lot of talent, so I wasn't sure I wasn't sure what this guy would be able to sing about. But afterwards, she she had kind of like met him in church or something. And so she was like, you should stand in line and get a signature and we'll get like a tape or whatever. So I'm waiting in line and she had run off to go talk to other people. And I'm standing there alone and these kids are ahead of me in line. And and one of them just leans over and goes, I'd rather be seeing Prince. <laughs> then I got to the front of the line and I was like, hey, can you sign my tape? Making your mark in the world yeah. <laughs> with your special skill. <laughs> oh, man. Sure enough, a year later, my mom bought the tape. <laughs> there was a boy. <laughs> oh, what a boy. His only toy was. <laughs> uh, that, that didn't happen. I made that part up. Oh, man. That is a good one. Well, I think we've successfully avoided really talking about pretty much anything having to do with this minute, but is there anything <laughs> that we we do have a little something that happens right here at the end, which is a little olive branch, I think we kind of mentioned, which is Nigel says, what does he say? Have a good show. Have a yeah. good show out there. Yeah. Do, do a good show. Do a good show. So. Yeah, and I think I think David breaks a little bit, like kind of, you know, he's trying to play it cool. He's like, you know, I don't miss you. I don't want you back or anything like that. And uh, I think he's touched at that moment. You know, it's it's a little bit of sincerity, you know. Yeah, Nigel, hey, you know, musician to musician, go out and, and have a good show. It's kind of, it's touching. And then, and then it's just Nigel yeah. all alone. And I'll tell you, this season of Better Call Saul just wrapped up. And uh, I won't do any spoilers. Yeah, but I, haven't seen, I haven't seen the last episode yet. I will not yet. spoil it, but I'll just say that this little interlude and Olive Branch goes much better. 
than the one between Jimmy and his brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's it. So, so I'm glad that we're here and that that's behind us. And, uh, yeah, and that, who knows, maybe a little softening between the, the two shall um, grow a mighty new oak of possibilities here between the, the guys, our um, hot and cold g- dudes. Yeah, yeah, hot and cold. All right. So, well, I think that's about it for minute 75. <laughs> well, had, anybody oh, had, Sean, you have something? Yes. I mean, you wanted to talk about something. Yeah. Well, I just, I just had one final thought. Yes. And, you know, since this is Spinal Tap mm-hmm. and we've been on tour mm-hmm. uh, around the world and elsewhere, and we know what kind of gentlemen we're dealing with, what are the chances they make it to the stage? Because I'm looking around this room at all the doors. I oh, don't there know, are. I don't know how many doors there are. There are at least a 12. Because <laughs> they're numbered. Doors. And yeah. we see when, when we get the reverse shot of when, when da- of David walking away, we see a 12. And then behind Nigel, we see four, five, six, and seven. So I'm, I'm guessing there's at least 12 doors in this room. <laughs> With the track record that this band has, what are the odds that they've oh. gone through the correct door? To go to the stage versus, you know, ending up in the yeah. basement with Wonderful Smith again. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a real fun house in there. That's a good Yeah, thing. there's a bit, you know, this is a bit of a cliffhanger. Just where, you know, did they, you know, did they roll a die? How did they pick which number door that they're going to go through to uh, yes. to try to make their way out? Maybe they went to 11. There you go. <laughs> That would make sense, but so that that was my final thought for uh, for minute seventy five. Yeah, that was oh, a good wow. one. I'm glad you shared that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, finally, I got one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us for another episode of Spinal Tap Minute. It's been really great. We're enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. I mean, you can tell because I'm losing it, laughing so hard, <laughs> listening to these stories. So, mm. yeah, thanks, Ben, for coming on and um, hanging out with us again for the, the this little low point. Hopefully, we'll, uh, the, hopefully the band will successfully make it through one of those doors and get out on stage and we can see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you guys for having me. Mm-hmm. Sean? Yeah, so well, so you can uh you can find us as usual at spinaltapminute.com. We're on us. Uh, we're we're Spinal Tap Minute on the Twitter and Instagram. We have the Spinal Tap Minute Groupies Lounge is our listeners group on Facebook. So Ben, if folks want to check you out and see what you're up to, can you let them know once again where they can find you? Yeah, just uh, on Instagram, go to at Cheap Chills Fan Club for monster art and such. And I'm also on there with uh, more personal art and just, just my life stuff. Some pictures of my baby might show up in there. You know, it's my life. What are you going to do? And that's uh, <laughs> uh, at Ben Walker Story. And, and stories with an S-T-O-R-E-Y. E-Y. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll put links to all that stuff on, on the website. Okay. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's it's really great, interesting art that uh, that Ben's been putting up there. So uh, I encourage everyone to to check that out. Likewise. And then uh, yeah, and check out Heidi in Chicago. 
yes. on August 26th. So if you haven't bought your tickets yet, you can go to moviesbyminutes.com slash Chicago. And there's a little itinerary and a little description and a little place where you can pick up your tickets and, and see Heidi and a lot of other podcasting folks. Uh, yeah, come the end of August. Cool. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's gonna be uh, gonna be a big deal. So uh, yeah, if you miss it, then you'll be the person that missed the the big deal. Or you know, <laughs> you could be the person that was there and was part of it. It's up to you. <laughs> you know, I'm not judging. I'm just saying you have a choice of what yeah. you're gonna do with your life. So you gotta you gotta be minute to win it. <laughs> you gotta be minutes oh, to win it. Use that. Oh, gold, gold oh. from Ben Walker's story. Nice. There you Thank go. You. Well, we can't top that, so we'll just leave that there, hanging <laughs> in the air. So until next time, and so say all of us. Tap, tap into, into America. America. <laughs>